Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone, uh, wherever you are. My name is Rosemary Coates, and I'm here in Silicon Valley. I'm your host for this edition of Women in Manufacturing Podcast. I'm the executive director of the Reshoring Institute, where we help companies bring back or expand their manufacturing in the U.S. I also run a global supply chain consulting firm called Blue Silk Consulting, where we help clients with global supply chain projects and where I also do expert witness work. On these podcasts, we interview accomplished women in business and ask them to share their experiences with us. And we're looking for insights from women leaders across America that we can all learn from. Today, I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Stephanie Richelieu Stagger, the Chief Operating Officer and Chief Revenue Officer of 3G TMS. And I've known Stephanie for a long time. Our career paths have crossed many times. I'm going to tell, let Stephanie tell you a little bit about her career path and her background. So welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Rosemary. It's a pleasure to be here today with you. Yeah. So uh, always good to see you. So Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your background and how you ended up in the software industry. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know, there's people who set out in their careers with saying, this is where I'm going to be. and This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be an engineer or I'm going to be these types of things. That wasn't necessarily the case for me. Uh, the case for me was that I had some interests. I was originally going to be a lawyer and was getting ready to go to law school and said, mm, that's not a good idea. I don't feel like doing that. And so I needed to find something and I got thrown into an internship around economic development and worked for the French government. And it was an interesting time for it for me because you were young in it, but it was my first piece of tying into supply chain. And it's going to be an important theme throughout this conversation of supply chain, where I was working with companies that were, where do I set up my location? Is it Greenfield? Is it this, et cetera? And what I found myself most interested in was always when they were talking about the logistics aspect of how they were going to go to market, what they were manufacturing, where it was going to end up, et cetera. I needed to be near a rail spur. I needed to do those things. So that kind of progressed in my career. And I went um, after a few years of consulting there into having a more sales and operational role, was working a lot in South America and elsewhere, and was having difficulty because we weren't going to install our ERP systems into some smaller locations to get visibility to what was really happening, not only in the supply chain aspects of things, but what was happening operationally within the company. And it was at that time, just being open to opportunity that I fell more into the software because I started to look for, were there existing tools out there that could help me from many thousands of miles away, understand and get a view to what was happening inside the four walls, as well as expanding out. I spoke to companies that were tried and true in the supply chain space like UPS and others, but software companies that were new and started, this is kind of the the hosted ASP time where things came in and those started to be intriguing. And so at that time, it was a company called Capstan that was working and uh, I, I was recruited. Exactly right. So I was re- recruited in there. And I, I just want to back up for a minute. With all this global experience, how did you get started in a global environment? You grew up in the, in the U.S., right? 
I did. I grew up in the U.S., but my dad was an expat for many years of his early career working for Raytheon on military radar systems. And so my first, uh, my mom is French. He met my mom in France, had gotten married. And then my first six years were in Spain. And then we came back. And then with my mom being French, I just always kind of had an international connection. We would go back and forth, went to my junior year abroad. The Berlin Wall came down. It was 1989. It was an exciting time. Lots of things going on. Uh, And then my whole career just then started to go in of being global and it never stopped. Yeah, that that global experience is incredibly valuable, especially Mm -hmm. in today's environment when we're in a global economy. So go on, Uh, after Capstan, then what? Yeah, so so then it was just more of going in and saying, look, these solve real problems, not only the technology aspect of of what is happening, but it enabled an extension of control without being on site all the time once we got into more of these hosted environments and other things. And so I just fell in love with it. The combination, this is my supply chain software piece. It's not just software for me. I fell in love with the impact that software has on supply chain. A solution, Um, yeah. The solution and, 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 and how can you create change and momentum and and other things along the way in sectors that were maybe more staid or in problem areas that I read somewhere and someone said it, it was like supply chain is one of those things that they love because it's everywhere, but it's also invisible. Now that was true post-pandemic, pre-pandemic rather, post-pandemic, I think everybody is very well aware on, on supply chain, but I thought it was a good quote that this person had had. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because my career started in the logistics industry as well, way back, way back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 1979. And we didn't have software then. We did everything manually because the logistics industry has so much data to deal with. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about individual shipments and bills of lading and location and customs clearance and, you know, all the supply chain partners. And if you're dealing in an international environment, it, it quintuples the amount of data that's there and the amount of information. The software is sort of a natural match um, mm-hmm. with, the, with the logistics industry. Exactly because right. Because of that, yeah. That's right. And, and You can so, gain more insights, right? You can gain more insights by understanding supply chain data than anything you can do within the four walls by itself. Taking yeah. in the amount of the transacts paints a completely different picture. Yeah, so in today's environment, I can't imagine handling uh, logistics requirements for any company of size without right. the use of software. It just would be next to impossible to do it today, to do it manually today. So very- What's interesting though, is that there's still a lot of pockets, even in large things where the level of sophistication isn't where you would expect it to be, quite honestly, right? Um, I think that's gonna evolve and change pretty quickly here, but it is, you know, when you look at the digitization, activity that's happened in many industries, the logistics world was was not the front runner in that yeah. area. And I think we're going to see a lot of catch up there. Yeah, I do too. So that's that's an interesting route that we we can explore also. But you know, I would say that a software and, and logistics are, you know, sort of a perfect match. Uh, so it's that's a right. solution uh, and it helps drive the day-to-day operations and with data management helping drive strategy as well and mm-hmm. just making as well. So yeah, and I would I would add just one quick thing for the audience in there. If you if you're a person who is interested in many aspects of what happens in a business and having 
discussions and learning that comes in, I'd encourage a lot of people to take a look at what supply chain does, because I always say when people ask why, why supply chain and why software, the why supply chain, I can have a conversation with, with anyone in the company, anyone in any industry sector, and have a good and interesting conversation about how supply chain is impactful or how they influence what happens in the supply chain. The second part of it on the software side is then you get to go in and, and not be bored, <laughs> right? Because you're not doing the same thing day out because you do cross industries and other things that go in. So anyway, I was just tossing that in for any listener that has a wide array of interests. Uh, supply chain is is an amazing place to be. Yeah, you know, I, I was telling somebody the other day, it used to be that I had to explain, explain, explain about what supply chain was. And people would ask me what I do. And, you know, you go into yeah. the explanation and then the pandemic hit. Right. That's right. And now pretty much everybody understands what supply chain is and what yeah. happens when it doesn't work well. Right. When, when there are mm-hmm. pit points and, and out of stocks and struggles with getting things across borders. And, you know, this is right. all the kind of things that we've been doing for years, just that now we're at the forefront. Right. And yeah. well, a colleague of mine just said the other day, and it was it was it was so true. He said, I, I forgot my charger. And he went in, it was for a Lenovo laptop, and they're manufactured in Texas, the, the, the chargers. But because of the, the flood, this wasn't even COVID related, but because of the, the rain, the flooding and everything that had occurred many weeks prior, there was still disruption. And this thing, this charger that used to be available anywhere, he found it in one place, many miles from where he was in order to get it. And when they were talking to the folks to go in, they said, yeah. They're still following and suffering the effects of the supply chain disruption. So that, you know, you don't think about every day. We're used, so used to in our in our country going out and saying, yeah, I need a, cha- a charger. I need a new camera. I need a new desk. I just boop, boop, go get it. Not today. And that really yeah. brought things to the forefront. Yeah, for sure. So first things first, and we've been talking about software, but mm-hmm. specifically transportation management systems. Can you talk about yeah. what that is? I mean, I think a lot of people are, are not going to know, so we need to explain a little bit. And then shipping execution and, and mm-hmm. who cares? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, good. And it's, it is. So, so things that touch transportation are a subset of what happens in the supply chain, right? So the supply chain is everything from the front end procurement manufacturing process throughout to the end delivery, right? So when we're talking about transportation management, we're talking about the, the delivery into your facility, the delivery out of your facility going in. Transportation management systems are dealing with the process the optimization of managing the order of of that transportation. Um, Can I consolidate it? Can I optimize it? Should I be pooling? Should this be a multi-stop? How do I do these types of things? That's what a transportation management system is going to do. Shipping execution is is more, I would call it pickless centric, right? I have something, I've picked it, I need to get it out the door, it's in a box, it's uh, it's going to move. I'm doing my compliance label on it. I got that thing and it's going to execute. I'm not as focused on the planning and optimization. I might do some basic consolidation activity, but realistically, I'm not about the entire order process. I'm more about I need it to move out the door and get to where it needs to be. I would say over the years, I've seen that distinct split in, in business. Mm-hmm. There used to be and when I started out too, I started out managing a, a shipping dock 
And it was mm -hmm. all about getting things off the dock every day, right. you know, really right. execution focused. But over time, transportation and supply chain have split off to a strategic part. Mm -hmm. So the front end planning, how do you how do you develop processes and, and meet the business needs? And then the right. execution part, which is the day-to-day -day stuff. That's right. So, so those two kind of they're almost like different career paths in, in supply chain, whether you want to deal with the day-to-day -day operations or you want to do the, the strategic planning. Yeah, that's right. They need to intertwine because like, if you look at it from even what just occurred, and I don't think it's the same skill set, there is some split that goes into it, but it's very closely connected. And that's a theme that we have. We call it fully connected transportation management. You'll hear that theme throughout our conversation. Because when we, when we hit in the pandemic, a lot of things are I'm getting an increase in, in, in a lot of uh, the goods that went Amazon or direct to, to my house, right? So that was just like, get it out the door, get it out the door, get it out the door. I can't, I don't have time for planning. I don't have time for anything else. I just have to get it out there. That's real, right? So those elements are going to happen. So that combination of being able to have transportation management planning and optimization along with the ability to execute and to your earlier point of data coming together is going to give me the best recipe. That's an interesting point that you made too is, uh, you know, there's the business side and the shipping side, but then there's also the consumer side. That's right. And, you know, Amazon has taught us to want to have stuff overnight, right? Boom, like that. Right? I mean, yeah. Yep. I'm not willing to wait three or four weeks for a shipment nope. anymore, or, or, you know, I order something from a catalog and it takes, you know, you know, three, four weeks, a month to get to me. I want it now. That's you know, right. I, I saw a funny thing on, uh, on Facebook the other day where a guy was saying his Amazon driver didn't show up one day during the pandemic because apparently he was ordering things all the time on Amazon. And he mm -hmm. wondered if the guy got sick or he was in right. an accident or, you know, what happened to my Amazon driver? Why didn't right. I get a shipment today? You know? And, um, and I think, yeah, I mean, we've been taught to expect that now with right. a big change on the demand and the consumer side, not only from just you and I getting mm -hmm. shipments at home during the pandemic, but businesses have started to expect that as well. So exactly right. there is, um, you know, there's this layer of complexity. So it's not just what do I offer and what do I ship out, but mm -hmm. what is my customer expecting? And That's right. And if they have expectations to get things really fast, how do I manage the costs that are associated with that, right? Exactly. So, and it, it it makes me wonder too, I mean, sometimes when I get, you know, an Amazon and a UPS shipment and a FedEx shipment all on the same day, I'm like, oh man, this is so expensive for these right. companies to operate this way. Why can't there be some coordination, right? Right. You're, you're, you're exactly right. In fact, you could have almost had that same conversation with a, another colleague I was having this morning and I was talking about this podcast that we were going to do today. And he said, you know, it's so funny. He said, uh, it's, you, you combine the Amazon effect on these delivery expectations. You go in and say, that's the delivery expectation, but it's also the experience expectation. And there's this renaissance that's required within the logistics domain. It's exactly what you're just saying. It's a really exciting time for that. 
Yeah, really exciting. And and the complexity is so much that, you know, software has got to be involved right. in order to maintain control over what's happening throughout the system. And you, you can mm-hmm. see it even as a consumer, you see how the Amazon driver scans your package uh, mm-hmm. or the UPS driver scans your package or whoever's making right. the delivery. They take a picture now by my front door. So mm-hmm. make sure that it 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 shows it's yep. delivered to me. Um, mm-hmm. And these are all technologies that are are layered on to the process. That's right. So, so I have a question though. Most companies are going to recognize or people that are working in industry are going to recognize mm-hmm. that they have software in their business, maybe Oracle or SAP mm-hmm. or Microsoft Dynamics, maybe one of those. And we recognize that and we use that in our business. So when is it the right time to add additional software such as 3M, GTS Mm -hmm. into the mix? And how does that fit together with your other business systems? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, a couple of things. If you're not keeping up with your day-to-day activities, if you're missing out on opportunities, if you think that you're leaving something on the table, you're struggling with some of the complexities of understanding what to bring back in, how to manage your accruals, other things like that. Those are general kind of markers to say, hey, this is the the right time to think about this and that may or may not be well managed within your existing ERP environment, okay? The ERP touch point is when you look at what's happened in terms of more plug and play, more connectors back on this connected theme. It used to be in in my experience that, and it's, it's where the ERP piece came in is, if I'm 80% of the need, I'm good enough because it's about the entire picture. I think this world of being more connected, of digitization, of a tremendous need for being dynamic and much more flexible, okay, are going in and saying, I might have some capabilities within my existing ERP, but it's not going to be to the extent that I need to be dynamic and flexible and connected with my ecosystem the way the world demands to deal with disruption, to deal with anything else. So you're saying, and and I I agree with this, that the the business systems, the SAP or Oracle, Microsoft Dynamic, are handling the the stuff that goes on in your your business every day, right? Everyday stuff. It's memorializing payments or transactions between uh, manufacturing mm-hmm. and the warehouse, mm-hmm. or so it, it's keeping track of that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. the but a TMS like 3G um, mm-hmm. is the external connection. Is that right? It's exactly exactly right. What's in my four walls? I'm very good within ERP. The second I start to expand out, even though there's capabilities in there. It's just by the nature of how much you're trying to control, less flexible, less dynamic, less able to connect out to all of these elements. And that's where 3G TMS comes in, augment what your ERP is doing and our shipping execution, because we, we're doing both, right? We have transportation management, we have shipping execution, because we believe they go hand in hand. Um, bring those into the mix, augment what you're able to do and see within your ERP environment but not stress your system or operation or hold yourself back from being able to be flexible in uh, changing some of your network design or in doing other things and having a way to quickly react to, to necessary change or to opportunities to improve. 
So if you um, take a, a step back, so the ERP system would manage maybe incoming materials and production and then finished goods and um, match it up with a customer order. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it's connected or integrated with a TMS system that then- With a TMS, with a WMS, as okay. it goes in, as you start to get more complexity in your operation, right? Okay. Okay, mm -hmm. very good. Can can you give us some examples, some real life examples of companies that are using TMS like this and how they're using it? Do they optimize with it, or you know yep. what are they doing? Yeah, you see a wide spectrum. So you know, there's there's very few. If you're moving um, any kind of volume, if you have any type of complexity in in uh, in how you're managing from a financial perspective or anything like that, you're going to look for the TMS. So um, complexity comes in different things. So lots of our customers are in food and beverage on the, on the shipper side of the equation, okay? Uh, why? Well, because can I mix my frozen with my fresh? How can I optimize this thing? I can't just say I have two loads going to the same location, so that's great. I'll consolidate those. What if I can't? What if I have altitude things that my, my potato chip bag's going <laughs> to explode because the altitude changes, right? How do I take in all of these constraints that I deal with and, and bring them in. So that's why we do a lot with food and beverage. Um, so Cook Foods, Sorrento, Lactalis, these types of entities. Also anything that's the, that's with kind of the, the, the manufacturing. So I'm moving a lot of things, building supplies, HVAC. We do a lot with American Plumbing Group. We do a lot with um, smaller companies like SoClean and other things of, of, of getting things out out to folks that are in the market. So there's a wide array of industries that have applicability. They're going to have a difference of how deep they're going to go in, in terms of their needs. And so an e-commerce B2C entity isn't the same as an e-commerce or omni-channel type of entity in terms of what their needs are going to be out of the system. That's interesting in, in dealing with those requirements by companies. But, you know, we also know an awful lot of companies are rethinking their global supply chain based on the on what happened with the pandemic. So right. all of a sudden now, and, you know, I've been beating the bush for 25 years telling companies they need to have plan B and plan C and alternatives and mm -hmm. you know, thinking through the supply chain on a more strategic yeah. level. And now all of a sudden, because of the pandemic, we, we're, we're actually seeing this happen. And also, you know, from, from a reshoring perspective, a reshoring trend where companies are considering bringing some manufacturing back and manufacturing here, we know all these decisions, whether it's risk mitigation and yeah reshoring and you know where to warehouse things in order to provide fast delivery all these things are economic decisions that's right right so the business is an economic entity how does a, a tms or yeah. the 3g software address the economics i mean is there cost savings involved or optimization definitely. or how does that work yeah yeah definitely um and you said it right so it's all about the the total cost of ownership piece when i'm making decisions of what am I doing, whether it's an, a reshoring uh, decision or whether it's whether I'm going to open a warehouse in this location versus that location, everything is going to be an economic decision. We have a few things that have come in today and a TMS helps in that. We have a few things that have come up where it's a balance of cost, risk, benefit and experience, right, of the thing. Foremost within that in the risk mitigation is risk mitigation was viewed before, I think, before the pandemic as something that I have points in time 
of risk. I have a tsunami that's come in. I have this that's coming, et cetera. This was ubiquitous, right? It disrupted our personal lives. It disrupted our supply chains. It disrupted everything um, that came in. So at that point, risk becomes a different equation that's in there. The TMS that does its job like ours does is it's going to take the decision and go in and say, how do I optimize that cost component of the TCO equation for transportation? Because the reason I went offshore to begin with was to reduce my overall cost for manufacturing and other things that went in. Okay, right. so we're starting to see some parity happen in different areas. We're starting to see some of that go. But the risk that the supply chain has introduced is breaking that down. So now the TMS is going in and saying, okay, but I still understand that cost is an important factor. So how do I optimize it? How do I take all the constraints? And how do I make myself dynamic and flexible, which is what a TMS is going to enable to do? So I don't want to be rigid. I want to be able to bring differences and different scenarios and quickly tie into the theme of connected again, connected to capacity matching systems and other things that are starting to come in because those are the important factors. And that's how a TMS is going to impact that equation and help you keep your costs as low as humanly possible to achieve that equation. So, you know, this is so interesting and and in terms of what's happening in our industry in supply Mm -hmm. chain. So, you know, the thoughtfulness of considering your long-term strategy, really, truly addressing mitigation of risk. I mean, some companies kind of did planning before, like, you know, what happens if we have a flood or a snowstorm or something, Mm -hmm. but now it's serious business. And mm-hmm. how do I mitigate my risk? Because right. we know there are pinch points in supply chain and a, a lot of exposure risk. So that's mm-hmm. a strategy side. And then that's right. with respect to the cost, um, that's mm-hmm. more on the execution side. So how do I mm-hmm. maintain that level of customer service, but at a, at a sustainable cost mm-hmm. that isn't going to put me out of business, right? Right, so, right. Exactly so I, right. Yeah, so using technology like 3G, I, 3G TMS is really um, very, very interesting, I think, in terms of a parallel structure to support the new thought in supply chain. That's right. When people say, you know, what what do you do? We don't do transportation management. We do flexibility and responsiveness in your in your business to help you grow, to ensure that it's not your system that holds you back or your processes that hold you back. We do help you grow, help you adjust, help you pivot if you need to. That's what these systems are about. You know, I think, you know, that's been true for a long time, Mm -hmm. but now it's clearly true. And and companies, businesses understand that, that it's, Mm -hmm. it's, uh, you need a solution, not just, you know, some kind of response. That's right. You know, what's coming next? What happens now? I mean, as we're coming out of this pandemic, you know, the world has changed. There's yeah. much more um, acknowledgement about supply chains and the, the way they work. And so what's evolving? What what can we expect next? I think there's a bunch of things, right, um, to go in. And, and I'll give the old answer as the new answer, which is change will be a constant. That's not going to be anything that's, that's going to yeah. be different. We're going to continue to see disruption. We're going to see the, as I mentioned earlier, the transportation industry in particular, logistics, go and advance some of the digitization efforts. There's been, you know, last year there was something like $55 billion of investment that went into logistics supply chain technology. That's going to increase. It's the next fintech, but to a much bigger potential market. The nature of supply chain and logistics is a, 
I, I think the only industry in the world that's bigger than logistics and supply chain would be the entertainment industry around movies and streaming and other things that go in. So when you start looking at those things and you see those advancements, you just know that there's going to be things that we don't even know yet. Who imagined the first Uber? Who imagined the first thing, yeah. right? So we, we have AI into pricing. That existed a long time. You know, for there was all of the, in the airline business, the optimization around pricing. We'll see those things increase. Yep. You've got the, the capacity matching capabilities that are going to come into the mix. This concept, this theme of connection, of best of breed point solutions that we used to have all best of breed point solutions. Then we consolidated in, right, in our sectors, global well, trade management. And I think you know, that, that's a super important point is that now it's not just um, a closed system where it's just your systems. That's right. Everything is connected and interconnected with systems. So that's right. it's not just connecting to your 3G TMS customers. It's how the customers connect with other systems, too. And, and it's, it becomes a whole big, huge network. And you already said it earlier on, it's the data. Data, not in and of itself, data as information that's informing and allowing rapid pieces. It's not rear view mirror because the rear view mirror didn't predict the pandemic, right? It's, it's yeah, differences right. that are coming in. So I need real time flows of, of, of activity. Sustainability, that's an ongoing piece. It's not related to the pandemic, but sustainability is an important factor in a lot of what's happening in the industry and not just about how I'm doing it, but how do I mandate my entire ecosystem or work with an ecosystem of partners and providers that are also supporting sustainability efforts correctly? And then on the data theme, bringing that back to report out in a way that's simple. We pride ourselves as as saying, oh, we we remember all sorts of things and we do these things and we have these learnings. That's not true. We're, We're really resilient as human beings, right? We go in and we forget things to keep moving to the next thing. The entrepreneur that failed at the business goes to the next one, learns from it, goes on and on and on. The pandemic was a big hit, is a big hit. My concern personally is going in and saying, do we, does it sustain in its learning? It will in different arenas, but it's going to be these things like it's sustainability plus this, plus this, plus that, that drive the change in the, in the innovation that's going to move forward. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Stephanie. I learned a lot. And I I think, you know, explaining this stuff in a way that the public can understand is really important now because this is the the way of the future is everyone's going to have to understand supply chain. So I I agree, Rosemary. I I really appreciate the opportunity to sit with you. It's always, always fun and engaging to to speak with you and, and hopefully your audience get something out of it. And uh, I look forward to, to being able to speak to anybody and everybody that wants to talk supply chain. <laughs> and, and can you give us your contact information? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Stephanie Stagger at 3GTMS, S Stagger, S-T-A-G-G-E-R at 3GTMS.com. Happy to reach out to, to anybody. Ah, terrific. All right. So you can listen to more podcasts on the Women in Manufacturing website, which is www.womenandmfg.com. And you can reach me, Rosemary Coates, at rcoates at reshoringinstitute.org. And visit our website at www.reshoringinstitute.org, where we publish all of our research on manufacturing in America. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.